I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Nate Bigby from Corpus Christi, Texas. Nate is the leader of a church of around 40 disciples, and he has five people on staff. How does he do it? He's encouraging young men and women to develop bivocational ministry career. Three of his interns are building their private businesses while also serving in the ministry. Nate is also starting a school to help those who are interested in doing self-supporting or partially supporting ministry. He and his wife, Waldina, are also on track to become self-supporting so that he can multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. If you're interested in doing ministry full or part-time, or if you're a ministry leader looking for ways to make your budget dollar go farther, you'll want to hear what Nate has to say. All this and more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. The CLIMB Conference is less than two months away, and it is going to be blow away. It starts November 30th, Thursday evening. Sean Wooten's going to kick it off, and it finishes on December 3rd with Dave Bliley and Sean Wooten preaching the word together. It's going to be fantastic. We've got missionaries coming from all over the world. Kevin Miller's going to be preaching Friday night. You don't want to miss this. People are signing up right and left. I'm getting lots of emails from people signing up, booking, getting their hotels and and flights together. You need to be there. I don't care where you're at. Try to make it to this conference. You need to sign up at robskinner.com if you haven't done it already. Tell your friends about it. It's going to be so encouraging. It's going to be so inspiring. It's going to prepare you for an amazing 2024. Nate, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me, Rob. Great to be back. We talked in episode 72. I mean, that's like a long time ago. We're up to over 230 episodes. And I think that got released in January of 2021. We probably talked that fall. What's been happening since we last talked? Can you just catch, catch us up? You're still in Corpus Christi. How's Waldino? Give, give us a short update here. Yeah, that was a whole pandemic ago, Rob. Um, <laughs> It's, uh, it's great to be on the other side of it. No, yeah, we're still down here in Corpus Christi, um, having a great time, loving being here, love the church here and, and the people. Um, the kids are uh, six and eight now, so they just had birthdays growing up, having a great time, while Dina's having a great time, so we're loving Corpus Christi. Um, yeah, a few updates in the church that has been going on since we talked last uh, we hosted a singles retreat for Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma in the small church here. Just kind of like, hey, why not Why not do that and see what happens with it? And uh, one of the brothers, right after the conference or the retreat was over, had three people come up to him and say, hey, you should consider moving to Corpus Christi. And one of those people was not me, uh, which was great, uh, and was actually his ministry leader. And so he moved in early 2022 and became our intern for the next six months, which is incredible. And then uh, last summer, my mom was down here visiting. She woke up one morning 
and said, God woke me up. I read every scripture I could on baptism. I've been wrong my whole life. You've been right. What do I do? <laughs> we studied the Bible for five days and she got <laughs> baptized and is that uh, I went back home to the Pacific Northwest and is a faithful disciple up there. Wow. So that was just, you know, an incredible, that was so encouraging. And she got baptized that same day. It was a, it was a double baptism uh, with a guy named Raphael. And so both of, I just feel like my mom and this guy, Raphael, just have incredible faith. He is a, uh, he was a graduating as a GIS student, uh, graduate program, and, but he was from Angola. And so his visa was about to expire and he needed to get a job. And he was just so encouraged and inspired and wanted to help so badly here in Corpus Christi that he said, Nate, I'm not even going to look for a job outside of Corpus. I'm either finding something here or God is sending me back, but I'm convinced that God is going to find me something here. Wow. And so a week before he was supposed to get sent back, I, I went up to him and I said, hey, bro, how's, how's it going? How's the job search? And he said, Nate, I am convinced. I don't have anything yet, but I'm convinced that the Lord is preparing my cubicle and my coworkers for me right now. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm encouraged by the faith, but was, uh, but was skeptical. And, All right, bro, you know, amen. Sure enough, two days later, he had two job offers, accepted one of them, and is, uh, is able to still be here with us locally. So, wow. Man, awesome. that was an encouraging moment last year. <laughs> um, the church went self-supporting at the beginning of 2023. And a part of that is because we were meeting on the university for free. And then the university said, you guys cannot meet here for free anymore. <laughs> so we, uh, so that was, you know, we were excited. We had told all of Texas, we're self-supporting. And then two months later, it was like, okay, how are we going to pay to meet somewhere? Because we were on the edge, obviously. And so the church, we looked all over the place. We couldn't find anything, which was bizarre because there's so many church buildings here in Corpus Christi. And um, a brother called it. We decided, you know, as a church, we're going to fast and pray about this on Tuesday. And so I get a call at 9 a.m. Tuesday morning, first call of the day. And someone's asking, hey, where are you guys going to be meeting for church on Sunday? Because my family's coming in town and, and, and all that. And so I said, well, in two weeks, I'm not sure. We're still trying to figure that out. And here's the situation. And the brother said, well, how about we pay for you guys to, to meet on campus there for the whole summer? We'll front the whole bill. And so <laughs> we were able to, you know, church and money. A lot of times we don't like to talk about those things, but the truth is that we do have to pay for places to meet. and There's a lot of expenses behind it. And so he just, boom, out of the blue. And then it's continuing here in the fall. And so um, that was just, another incredible God moment for us where we didn't know what God was doing. And then we found out he, so had, he clearly had a plan that guy, that was a member or somebody else uh, from another church. What? Like a disciple. Oh my gosh. Just said, Hey, we want to help you out. Yeah. I was like, we don't know what's going on. We're not sure where we're going to meet in a few weeks. We've been barking up every tree possible. And he said, well, how about, you know, God has blessed us. How, we, how about we bless you? Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. It's incredible. So that, that's, yeah. that's really amazing. Okay. That's fantastic. Well, yeah. you gave me a call a couple, uh, a week or so ago talking about the climb conference. And by the way, I'm so happy you're going to the climb conference. Sorry, we, we can't wait to be there. Yeah. And you talked about talking about at the conference, the concept of being self-supporting or bivocational ministry. You've been supported mm -hmm. 
uh, by the church. I think you were sent out by San Antonio back in the, back in the day, or yeah. you know you took over from the Alawayas. T- talk to me a little about about why. Okay, what's what's got this you know going on in your mind about being self supporting or or bivocational or you know just finding other means of support other than just the money that comes from within the church? Yeah, great question. So actually, so San Antonio, uh, Mike Tolliver actually presented this vision of South Texas and where are the where the next cities of 500,000 and under that we want to get to and we want to plant. And so, you know, which I love the vision. It was incredible. It was exciting. I think everyone's fired up and behind it. One of the big things that we, you know, again, we don't like to talk about it a lot, but these church plantings, they they're not free. They take money um, and they take a decent amount of money at that. And so we started thinking for ourselves and went, okay, well, what's a way that maybe we could help out with us with this, uh, this issue in some areas. And so, you know, like a lot of things, we run into problems and we go to God and he provides answers. So it's kind of, you know, it was from not quite yet a pain point, but a spot where we wanted to see something God, or we wanted to see God do something incredible we weren't sure how that was going to happen. So we started locally here thinking, well, what could Waldina and I do to help out with this? What's a way that we could, you know, help plant churches? And so our first idea was, well, what if we, you know, what if we went to a spot? We've always kind of been curious about short-term rentals and we've always loved real estate. I did civil engineering in college, so I love building things still and all of that. So what if we went in that type of a direction and we built something slowly but surely to the point where we could fully support ourselves and that would, you know, drastically cut the the costs of at least our small church. And then maybe we could fund one of those plantings here in Corpus locally since we wouldn't have to uh, pay for ministers. And from there, the idea just kind of rolled on itself and went, okay, well, if we're doing this, we started talking to a few people and more and more people that we talked to were interested in the same idea. And so we said, well, what if we actually made a training program here in Corpus Christi where we trained up a generation of, of young folks, help them to not only learn the ministry, but also learn building a business at the same time to where when we sent out these ministers to different cities, the plantings would be self-supporting day one with the Whoa. people that went with them. Uh, you know, if you could co- cut the cost of a church planting by 75 to 85% by having the ministers fully funded right off the bat, that would be incredible. Yep. And then we can continue to you know, plant churches in these smaller cities that can sometimes take a little bit longer to plant because you have to build relationships with those small town fields or whatnot. So um, then we started going through the book of Acts. And, it, you know, it's kind of funny when you start talking to people, it's like everything coming at you is the exact same topic. And we went through the book of Acts as a church together, which we just finished this last Sunday. And I mean, Paul, so much of his career was a tent maker. He was making tents and supporting himself. Other times he didn't, but even the last two years of his life, he was and continued to preach the word with great boldness and no hindrance whatsoever. So if Paul could preach without hindrance while supporting himself, then why can't more of us? Right. Um, you know, and this isn't a new idea. It is, you know, for, for a lot of us in our circle and families and churches, but, um, a lot of other people have done this in the past. So that's kind of what got things kick started for us. 
And then the Lord started bringing us people who were geared in that direction as well. Okay, so the idea of being bivocational, you're right. It's not not anything new. We did that when we first met. I was bivocational, and you were our intern there in Ashland, Oregon. I was selling real estate. But the concept of adding a training school, I've never heard that before. Can you just talk a little bit about what that looks like, what you're doing, and you know, dig into that a little bit. That's, that's really fresh. Totally. So, um, our, that first guy that I mentioned, Carlos, who came from the, uh, the singles conference, he moved on down from Houston and he had interned with us for six months. Uh, Texas had a fund where they were helping out with campus ministers. And so we were able to hire him on through that fund, not anything locally, And at the end of his kind of evaluation, we wanted to rehire him. And he said, well, you know, actually, Nate, I would, I feel like with the job I've got working for Apple care in the mornings, they pay me enough where I can support, support myself and still, um, you know, have plenty of time to jump on campus and be an intern and do all the things I need to. I would prefer if, if we could use that money to get another intern. So that was his heart. And we went, wow, okay, that's a that's a great idea. Love the heart. And so let's start searching. And so we started talking more about it. And then uh, we were looking and looking. And finally, actually, just this last, this month here, October 1st, uh, we had been talking to his sister over the summertime. And so the church had saved up enough money through special contribution to basically have an intern for six months to a year. And so we talked to her and went, hey, this is our vision and dream. We're trying to, we want to bring people in who are interested in the ministry and want to be trained, but also want to, you know, build a business at the same time and eventually become self-supporting. So we only have enough money for you for six months to a year, but hopefully you can create something within that time. You know, either the church grows and we can pay you and that'll be awesome. Or you can, you know, a part of your time here, we're great with you being, you know, part-time and then working on building your business at the same time. So now she just came here and she's working on e-commerce. And then at the same time, that brother Raphael, who was in GIS, he's still in GIS, but he caught a vision about a month and a half ago. We had a great conversation and he said, listen, I want to serve God with as much time as I have. So I want to take my GIS career and turn it into contract work so that I can work when I want to. And I'm not dictated by a boss or my job. And so I want to do that so that I can serve in the ministry in that same capacity. So now we've got three people who are excited about headed in that direction. And, um, okay. So so how, how big is your church? Uh, we have 40 members right now, Rob. You got 40, 40 members. You have five staff people. That's right. Yep. That what, what we're calling staff people. Yeah. Wow. Now that is really exciting. That's that's a dream situation there. That must be really fun. We are fired up. It's going to be an incredible fall. <laughs> okay, let me just go back. GIS. Yes, geographical information system. So uh, looking at drones, looking at oil a lot of time, uh, geographical systems. And so, yeah, that's what he does full time. So he gets to work remotely, which was a huge you know, part of him staying here as well. He can work from a computer. But yeah, that's what he does full time. Okay. Okay. Let's go back and talk a little bit about your real estate background. And 
what you're doing. Okay. Like where, and where are you guys at? Are you fully self-supporting? Let's just talk a little bit about your financial picture. Yeah. So for us, we do not yet take a cut from the business that we've been building. We are still fully funded by the church as far as our personal living uh, is concerned, because if not, we're not going to be able to scale it and get it to the point where we can be self-supporting. So we uh, we decided we when we moved to say we, we bought this house in 2019, right before the pandemic. And actually, at the time, it was this, you know, we prayed, we asked all this advice, we weren't sure what in the world God was doing. It didn't make any sense when we were asked to move here, because we had only lived in this house for three months before we got asked to move. And we had bought it as this, you know, the ministry can all come here, we're going to be here for a decade. And um, and we couldn't sell it. We would have been upside down. We couldn't even rent it out. Some disciples said, hey, we'll rent it from you for whatever you need. It was a total blessing. And then obviously the market totally turned. We sold in summer of 2021 and were able to make a small profit off of that and then bought a property here, uh, moved into it for a little bit and then turned it into a short-term rental or an Airbnb, right? And so that's kind of what got us started. It worked pretty well. So then we bought another house that we live in that has a guest house and turned that into an Airbnb as well. And then we had one more property that we had owned for quite some time up in San Antonio. And just this summer turned that one into a short-term rental as well. So we've got four short-term rentals right now and are moving towards property management for it because in Corpus Christi, we're on the beach. A lot of, uh, a lot of people are headed towards... Uh, having Corpus be a vacation spot. And so the more that people are geared that way, the more need for uh, management is going to be a necessity. And we've built out an automation program with the help of some other disciples so that it doesn't take us hardly any time throughout the day unless problems come up. And so it can, uh, in a lot of ways, run itself while we still focus on the ministry. So we think that we're in a five-year plan. We're about year two into that plan. It will take us another two to three years to the point where we could say, hey, we're, we're no longer going to take a cut from the church to where the business could still grow and we'd be able to be self-supporting um, at the same time. So that's that's where we're currently at. It's going well. I mean, it's scary because um, you're investing in properties and the market's doing all sorts of funny stuff right now, and it's tough to predict, and, and interest rates are insane, but we're loving it, having a blast, and um, yeah, it's it's been great. Okay, so when you start talking about real estate, my real estate background just like totally kicks in. What's the average home price there in, in Corpus for a uh, three-bedroom, two-bath home? Three bedroom, two bath. You're probably looking at two twenty five to two seventy five. Oh my gosh! You can still buy homes in the two hundreds. Wow. Yeah. You can just practically put that on your credit card right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, especially when you compare that to coastal cities, you know, California or the East Coast. Okay, so you you already had a home in San Antonio. You, you bought a home three months before you went to Corpus. So you had two homes there, but you ended up selling that. You bought a home, took that money, you rolled it into a home in Corpus. Mm-hmm. And then you use that. So you that's two. And then you bought another one in Corpus. So that's three. But you said you have four Airbnbs. 
one of the houses has a mother-in-law suite. And so that gets split up into two separate Airbnbs, even though it's one property. Okay. So you have four units. Okay. Living in four one, doors, yeah. living in one and then renting out three others. Right. Yeah. And this actually, the one that we're living in is really more so that we can live in it. We are about $1,400 a month shy on the mortgage for this place that we currently live in. Uh, but it's right next to campus. It has the guest house. And so the guest house allows us to live in this location. And the other reason we bought here is because it's in a spot where a developer is going to turn it into, it's on an old golf course that a developer bought. And once he's done with what he's doing, the estimates are that the properties around here will double to triple in cost. So it's a bit of a long-term investment here as well, but it also puts us right next to campus has a great living room. And so it was that was a whole nother God situation that we should have never been able to live in this place or even afford the mortgage or anything. And I'm still not really sure how we're here. <laughs> okay. So with the prol proliferation of, of Airbnbs, the supply is increasing. Interest rates have, have more than doubled. I think they're in the 7% range. Prices have climbed, even in Texas. I'm sure that's, I'm sure the prices you mentioned there seem like a lot for Texas standards. They do. <laughs> um, I mean, is this going to keep going? I mean, or, or are we going to, you can hit like a ceiling where you just like, oh, okay, it's, it's, it's over. It was a nice run. It was, it was great while, while it lasted. I mean, how are you going to make this go going forward? Yeah. And that's a part of the reason why for now, um, until we build enough, because obviously the big issue is, is the interest rates right now. You, I can't really go and do the same thing I did early 2021. Um, or even last year to 5% interest rate. So if interest rates drop in the future, then great. I'm not planning on any of that, which is why we're trying to transition. We manage our own properties. We've got a great system that I built over the last couple of months. And so we really believe that that is a great spot to pivot in right now and manage other people's short terms. I don't think short-term rentals are going away. I mean, we can talk about that for you know hours if we wanted to, but the biggest the biggest thing to look at is kind of location and what your city is all about. Uh, for us, because we have Houston, we have Austin and San Antonio within two to two and a half hours. And other than Galveston, which isn't the nicest, we're the first major vacation beach city for all three of those major cities. As recession increases, all of the people still go on family vacations. They just don't fly they start driving to more local spots. So we don't actually get hurt very much by a recession uh, because we have those three major large cities coming down to the beach still. Wow. When, when did you realize that? When did you figure that out? Uh, about Corpus or just the about Corpus? The and, yeah, the marketing aspect of it. Um, we figured it out uh, after we had jumped into this, honestly. I mean, we started doing a ton of research watching there's some great guys on uh, on youtube that have master classes and then we also there's a disciple up in san antonio that's got he already has 15 units and so he took us under his wing and helped us out as well so i think some of it was uh it was research but it was definitely after we got rolling into this that we discovered that about corpus christi i mean we're here for the church and um and landed on that then we also started building relationships with the city's visit Corpus Christi, which is their, um, their tourism group. So we're, we're built into connections with them now as well. And so they're giving us data. 
we're jumping on their uh, their visit Corpus Christi page with our listings actually, and it's actually going to help our marriage retreat that's coming up in in uh, the beginning of next year. So a lot of really cool collaborations that we're trying to build with the city connections as well. But they're helping us with with data and knowing what the future holds and everything. It's kind of cool. Mm. Okay, so what what would you say to a, a small church leader who has a precarious financial situation? You know, churches under 100 got hammered by COVID, lost some people. You know, finances are just day-to-day, month-to-month, but really has a dream, doesn't want to quit, wants to keep preaching the word, but's really feeling the pressure. Like, or, or to a person that wants to do ministry, but, you know, there's no spots or, you know, you just can't really do it. So talk a little bit about why this might work or what your thoughts are. I want to hear your philosophy on this. Yeah. So, and that's, especially the second part of your question about people who there's not a spot for, that seems to be a huge uh, niche for us because obviously, you know, you, you want to hire somebody and we, you know, I think the further, when, when I was uh, an intern, I somehow survived on $400 a month which, you know, was, <laughs> it was faithful for sure. It's sacrificial, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and the funny thing is that at one point in time, the church didn't have any money to keep me on anymore. And so I actually had to do bivocational. I worked as a, um, it was about a year and a half. I did after school program and coach gymnastics while still leading the singles ministry and a part of the campus ministry in San Antonio. So um, a part of this is in my background from about almost 15 years ago that I didn't even know what God was doing back then. But I think it provides a route for people where I think, you know, we've heard it from some cities where we only have this much money. We'd love to hire these five people, but we can't. And so those people feel like, well, there's no spot for me to train for the ministry. So I'm going to jump into a career path and job, which makes a lot of sense. And then they go that direction. And, you know, I think even there's a portion of them that have that, that are maybe in their forties now who look back and go, man, I always wish I could have, but the church, I was always told that the church didn't have money for me. And there's, there's resentment and always there can be resentment, but there can also be a wondering of that. What if, what if, what if, um, and I think this provides a route for those types of people to go, okay, great. Well, let's find something where you can either build a business yourself or find a job that is easy enough and hopefully you don't have a boss for um, that allows you to train in the ministry and support yourself at the same time and head in that direction. So I think it actually opens up an entire group of people that would have maybe pushed towards careers that could have gone into the ministry at one point in time or another, but we just didn't have... um, we didn't have a route for them at that point in time. So, and then for those who are in, you know, small churches and want to keep preaching the word, then obviously if, I mean, first of all, I think God has all the money in the world and that's a part of our story. Like I didn't go drum up finances or we didn't start self-supporting earlier on. God provided a way that we could have never predicted or even thought about. And there's even, you know, some more things like we might actually be able to meet in a church building at this location behind us where we live right now, once it gets built through a connection with the developer, we'll see if that pans out. But um, so I think obviously there's a lot of God in there, but at the same time, there was tons of God with Paul 
God did amazing things with Paul, and yet Paul still had to work as well. And so I don't think that, I think it's been outside of our, our realm of thought for a while, but the truth is that it happened in the first century with one of the most amazing preachers we know of all time. So don't be scared to jump into or start looking at, you know, being bivocational. And, um, you know, it's something for me, I want to preach until I die. And this is not a method of getting out of the ministry. It's a method of advancing the ministry, actually. Okay, so that was going to be my next question. In one of my books, I talked about how uh, you got to be careful about the shadow mission. You've, you've got to be yeah, careful about that. getting lost in the third soil where you're getting choked out by the weeds, the worries of this life, the desires for other things. And um, what is it? Oh my gosh, what's that scripture? Mark chapter four. Anyway, Jesus talks about it. He says, you know, they get, they get choked by um, all sorts of things like that. How, how do you navigate that? How do you make sure that, you know, that the main thing stays the main thing in your life? Absolutely. I, and that's, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's one of the things that I have to, I think I've had to wrestle with because especially when you're researching and everything on YouTube or online or podcasts, when you start talking about how to build these businesses, it's all about how do you get rich? How do you get rich? How do you get rich? And everything is first way to get to a million dollars starting with 10,000 or, you know, all these different things that are all about money and richness. And, you know, like Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. And so there's some, I think for me, and I just had a conversation with it about this with someone else recently, I have to frequently remind myself that this is about God, what the goal is, and that I'm okay dying poor physically as long as I'm rich in heavenly treasure. Mm -hmm. And that's not, I, I literally I have to remind myself that about right. every couple of months. Right. This is the purpose. This is the purpose. This right. is why I'm doing this. Um, I think especially in our churches as well, we have to, I didn't want this thing, you know, you mentioned a shadow ministry, which is to me, it's kind of funny because I really didn't want this to be something that was kept in the dark. I didn't want to feel like before my church, I've got this side thing that I've got to hide from people. Right. And so we communicated this vision, and this plan early on with our congregation and with our board, that this is the vision we have. This is the direction we feel God is taking us in. And this is what we're all about. And, you know, we didn't want this to be something that was on the side that we were hiding from everybody or felt like we had to hide our time or, you know, anything like that. So I think that was really important for us is clear communication with our congregation if we're going to do that. Um, and, you know, and then I think the other thing is finding something that you love or are interested in already. The ministry is already stress inducing enough the way it is. And so the last thing you need is something else that's going to pull you in another incredibly stressful direction. And the truth is that you're going to have stressful moments. It's business. Um, it's it's something else. You're adding something else to your schedule. But if, 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 if you don't like it as well, that's just going to make it that much more difficult. So I don't suggest real estate for everybody. I think there's a bunch of different. We're open to anyone coming and going, hey, this is my dream. This is my vision. Awesome. As long as it puts you in a position to where you're not pulled in two directions, which is why I think actually having a job where you're your own boss is the best. That's why I like entrepreneurs and starting your own businesses, because you can say no when you need to, versus if you have a boss, you can't say no. <laughs> you wind up feeling torn in two different directions. So right. 
jumping into something where um, where your own boss, I think, is is essential as well, so that you can dictate your own schedule. Right. It's you know I really want to talk to you about this because it really strikes home. I mean, this last summer, really pumped about planting a church in a nearby city, Sarita Green Valley, and then all of a sudden it was just like, whoa, wait a second, hold on here. Finances are are really going to put a crimp on this. Now we still are moving forward with the planting, but it had to slow down. And we couldn't use a traditional model of, hey, we're going to fully support somebody that's just, you know, came to that realization like, oh, hold on a second. We're going to have to go another route. And that's when I started thinking, okay, maybe I'm going to have to go back because I have another couple on staff. We have a church of of around 100 that are amazing. Cole and Alexa Gordon, super happy with them and want them to become evangelists and women's ministry leaders here and um, and I want to plant churches. I mean, I want to do it all. I want to, I want to train up leaders, send them out um, wow. and plant tons of churches. But I, I, I remember driving home from this core core group meeting after I laid out the finances and I said, Hey, we're going to have to delay that planting. And I was so frustrated. I'm like, man, we've got a, we've got a money problem here. You know, we, we, Pam and I get supported by the church. We're support, we're supporting this other couple, but it's like, how can we do this? And I started thinking maybe I'm going to have to, um, find a side business, you know, do real estate, you know, and just started brainstorming. And I've been talking about it with the, the core group. You know, we're just kind of in the initial stages, but it's it's definitely on my mind. I'm thinking, okay, how can we move forward? How can we make this happen? Because it's like I'm determined one way or the other, we're going to plant churches, we're going to make disciples, we're going to multiply leaders. So, um, you know, I really appreciate. It. I think this is that's why I want to talk to you, and I'm I, I look forward to seeing you at the at the climb conference to have you talk more about this because I think there's so many people that are like, hey, how can we make this work? They've got a heart for mission, or they they want to have interns on their church, but it's like how you know the traditional yeah. model may not work. You know, things the economy is looking a little dicey right now. There's all sorts of stuff. You know, rising interest rates. So it's like. Nothing can stop the gospel. How can we make this work? Anyway, enough of my enough of my talking. How, are some? Let's talk a little bit about you're into real estate, short term rentals. Let's talk. Are some businesses more compatible with ministry than others? Yeah, and I think you know I touched on this a little bit earlier, but obviously the businesses where you have a boss aren't going to work very well. Um, so the more passive you can get your job to be, the better, the more you have control over your schedule, the better, and the less you have to do, the better. So for us, real estate's interesting because real estate and setting up the short-term rentals is a lot of work. But the cool thing is that we define when we did want to get another property. And so we can go and, you know, ministry has seasons. So you know, Christmas time, we worked a lot during Christmas time on one of our properties. And, you know, we were using holidays this summer up in San Antonio, we would drive all the way up there and work on it and then drive back on Monday, you know, our day off. And, and then it was a 4th of July, okay, we get extra two days that we can crank on this property. And um, so we tried to, the the businesses where you can advance them further on your own dime or on your own time, if you will, are helpful and beneficial because there are seasons to ministry. And so we've, we've tried to do that. And that's how we're talking to, um, you, you know, our intern who's excited about building this e-commerce 
we're going, hey, use stuff like Thanksgiving break. If it's something that excites you and you're fired up and you know you don't feel like you need the entire time to rest, then dig in and put a lot of, if you've got a ton of hours to put in to make this the next step happen, then do it during that time frame, mm-hmm. um, and that you know, or, or or holiday weekends or things like that 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 can be helpful. And then here's how much it's okay to work on it on a you know a daily basis throughout the week. So, yeah, there's definitely going to be businesses that are easier. You know, online stuff is is really simple because you don't have to travel and go somewhere, which becomes more difficult. So if it could be something that's online, that's that's the best thing possible. Um, in my opinion, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of different businesses out there that have great models. Right. Um, I was talking to, uh, Rich Bartoli from West Virginia and he's doing a great job out there. He's leading a church in a, you know, it's, it's a more rural area more sparsely populated. I mean, it's great, great state and everything like that, but he's really, he and his wife are doing a great job buying, buying rentals, fixing them up and, you know, multi-units like duplexes, fourplexes. And I mean, the prices are just killer out there. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I want to move to West Virginia. Like <laughs> duplexes in the hundreds, you know, it's amazing. Um, Greg Russell, he's got a, he's got a business going in terms of trading he's, he's helping people with. So who else is, is doing what you're doing or doing something like that? Who else are you talking to? That's, that's, it's on the same wavelength. You got to be talking to people. Yeah. Um, uh, one of my friends, uh, Paul Smith, and I think he's in Ireland now. He's trying to do some, uh, I believe, trading stuff. I got to catch up with him and see how that's going. But uh, he's one of the guys that is, has mentioned that in the past. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of there's there's a couple of people who have you know spouses who have full time jobs or whatnot. Uh, but I don't know as many people. I know they're out there, but I don't know as many that are doing this. And I'm trying to. I've I've connected with Sean Summercamp quite a bit recently and actually joined a mastermind program with him. He's a uh, disciple who does professional Christian coaching, does an amazing job at it. I mean, he is he's phenomenal. And so joined a mastermind group with him and uh, I believe it's nine others right now just to try and understand Christianity and business in general. And so there's a couple of people in there. None of them are in the in the ministry but trying to make as many connections, even in the business world as well, just to help advance and learn as much so that we can create a great training program for people. Sean Summercamp. Sean Summercamp. He does a uh, motivation year is the name of his uh, Christian coaching. He does like free Saturday morning, YouTube sessions or zoom sessions. I think um, he's preached at a lot of our conferences. Many have, they'll come in for a weekend and do a whole Saturday thing for all the, uh, all the, the members of the congregation. So he does a great job uh, at, at, at Christian professional coaching. And it's, it's a great program. Love him to death. Okay. How do you do this? Make a transition. If you, if you're thinking, okay, I want to do this. I want to move toward it and keep your head afloat. How do you, I mean, how do you avoid just taking on two jobs, getting buried and just, you know, burning out and just kind of burning out faster? You know, you're just like, oh my gosh, I, I thought I was stressful before financially, but now I've got the stress of two jobs trying to keep it all. How do you keep your head above water? Yeah, I, I mean, I think a part of it, which is a, it's a cliche answer, but I went through this last year where it just felt like I, I've got a list of about 20 different things that were going wrong at our properties. I mean, I had rats, <laughs> I had floods, 
I had ACs not working that no one could figure out. I had snakes. I had brown widows. I had like <laughs> everything within three months. And it would get to the point because um, this, I mean, just to be real, this hasn't been easy. I was sitting in front of church prepping my lesson on Sunday, doubled over because I had so much anxiety from all these things that I literally, I was in so much pain right before the church service. And I got, I got frustrated with myself because the fact is that I hadn't got to God. I had not gone to God with a lot of these issues and problems. I had just been trying to tackling them because that was the business and not going, no, remember, I'm trying to do this for God. And he's got to be the one who's going to sustain me through these stressful moments as well. And so decided to do this big Bible study on anxiety. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to have scriptures memorized so that and wound up kind of feeling like I'm holding on to the mast with Paul during his shipwreck. And that scripture just spoke to me. I dug in and it really helped me get through that stormy moment. And I believe prepare me for the next stormy moments because, you know, it's the ministry is stormy and so is life. And so is building business. So I think a lot of it, like I mentioned earlier, doing something that doesn't bring more stress to your life because you don't like it as well. Right. So doing something that you love or are interested in, right? Um, but then also not forgetting to rely on God in that moment as well. Sometimes right. as, as ministers, I've heard of ministers coming out of the ministry and not doing so well as disciples once they jump into a normal exactly. career, right? because it, it just feels so different. Your whole life was ministry and then you jump out. And um, so making sure that we practice what we preach with the, you know, Hey, it's your career. We got to trust in God with this as well. And making right. that as much, oh, I'm, as much of that as possible. So I'm, I'm with you hundred percent, Nate, that it, it's always sad to me when I see a person who steps out of the paid professional ministry and then they just disappear. They're, mm -hmm. they're like a ghost in the pews. They're, they're there, but their presence, their influence is gone. And oftentimes they drift away and it's so sad and it's very revealing like what was really driving them? Is it, is it a passion for the gospel or was it that paycheck? And it's like, you know, anyway, I, I, you know, I pray for people. It's a tough transition and it's, it's really tough. I just read a book by Walter Isaacson and it's a biography of Elon Musk. And I totally, mm. totally recommend it. I mean, I've, I've read that. I love it. Oh, you already read it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is the, I know it just came out just a couple months ago, but man, Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I read the older one. Yes, I, I, did. I read that one too. This guy, I mean, he's just so fascinating. Just a fascinating. This this new one, I just was, they get, the writer, he's one of my favorite you know, biographical writers, Walter. He did Steve Jobs and you know, all sorts hmm. of different people. But um, what, what really impacted me is this guy has such a passion for getting to Mars. And he, it, that vision drives him. And you can't... Yeah. You can't dissuade him. Now, he's got all sorts of weaknesses, which are he's, gets exposed in the book. But the thing that I respect so much is I go, this guy is built around his passion and mission. And everything he does is directed toward that in some manner or direction. And the guy's stressed out. He's running like six companies at the same time. I mean, he's he's tough to work for. You know, people can't stand him because of his his... He's got Asperger's and all sorts. His his ability with people, you know, is certainly lacking in some ways. But the thing that inspired him is I thought, you know what? How much more should we be driven as disciples 
to accomplish the purpose that Jesus died for, that he shed his blood for. Yeah. And I just, I was convicted. I was just cut. I'm just like, this guy is putting me to shame. Now, do I need to be a jerk? No, that's not what I'm pulling from it. But at the same time, I go, I can be a whole bunch more determined, willing to endure pain and suffering and being willing to really take on my body, you know, the sufferings of Christ. And I, I just was inspired. And I'm like, man, I, I want to, just like you said, when I, when I, you know, it's going to be 20 to 40 years before I go to heaven, but I go, when I'm in heaven, I'm not going to worry about anything. You know, I, I'm just, I just want to really go for it while I'm still alive. Um, but I really appreciate what you're doing. Talk a little bit more about your school. Okay. Is it fully formed? Is this something in the incipient stages or is you actually have something going on? Uh, I would say it's in the beginning stages. We definitely, I mean, we met, I think it was, um, last Sunday for the first time going, okay, here's our new staff. Here's what we're looking at. Um, but the summer, the the classes with Sean summer camp are helping me to develop some of the directions and areas that I want to teach them to go. So I've got some formation and some ideas as far as where we're headed, but this is not a proven thing yet. It is definitely God show us if this is what you want us to do or not. Uh, but we're excited about it. So how could someone learn from you? How could they sign up for this school, you know, as it develops? How could they keep in touch with you so that they, if they have an interest in this area, they could go, okay, I want to, I want to try to learn more about this concept of being bivocational, self-supporting, preaching the word, self-supporting. Yeah. So, I mean, right now it's local, obviously with the, the, the five of us, I am, I would love for it to grow and become something that if it, uh, if it really pans out that we could start doing, um, doing either a podcast or training sessions or put things together. Uh, so maybe we'll consider recording some of our sessions. We're going to pull in some students. I, a part of my idea is, okay, I want, there's other people in the church that are business geared. So let's pull from there. You know, this brother over here is really great at marketing. This guy is already creating business plans in his, for his classes. So let's pull him in and have him do a little thing for us. So those things are exciting. So I think we could record them. If someone wants to get in contact and stay in touch right now or ask more questions, they can, um, I'm sure you could put details for our contact at the end of the, uh, of the, of the podcast here, but, um, Gulf coast Christian church at gmail.com or, um, you can contact me directly text message at two one zero eight eight three seven five zero six. That sounds great. And just, you know, we'll put all of that information in the show notes. Thank you for coming to climb. You mentioned that like seven people from your church are, are going to the conference. We've got five for sure. And we've got one other couple that is, uh, he's trying to make sure he can, he's trying to get off from a, a commitment that he's got with his job. So hopefully he and his wife can come as well. Yeah. That's awesome. Tell me what you want to want to bring to the table at the climb conference. You talked about wanting to be able to present it to some degree. Yeah, I mean, I would just, I, I think this is something that the more people I talk to about it, whether it's in a small established church or a, I'm sorry, a small church that's a planting or a large established church, more people are really interested in what's happening in this idea and concept. And so, you know, I'd love to share a lot of what we've talked about today, but even how it's going to be going over the next couple of months here as we start this, this kind of school training program. Um, and honestly, start, I think, you know, one of the most powerful things that we have are relationships. And the more that we talk about these things, 
you know, for me, I'm even going, okay, I just want to get the word out so that I have more people that hear about it and go, oh, I'm already doing that. So I want to build that cohort like you were asking about of people that are doing it already so that we can all learn from each other and um, and grow. So, you know, maybe if it's just a, Hey, what's everyone doing and learning and what's your method of, of trying to, uh, be a tent maker. How are you doing it over there? So, right. Well, uh, make sure you keep me in the loop. I'm, I want to learn and I want to be a part of that, Nate. So make sure I get CC'd on all your emails. That's exciting. Well, what's your, what's your vision? How could what you're doing advance the goal to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches? Where do you want to see this go? Yeah, I would, I would love to see, I think, you know, you're looking at two years on the short side, five to 10 years on the long side. It's not a quick plan, but I mean, if we could, even if we, what if we had a hundred people throughout the country, that's a hundred new churches that we could plant for free right? without the supporting churches having to do anything except send members, which we, you know, we, we already do. So like the planting that you ran into, man, what if, what if we had a hundred more and then that can grow from there and just continue to expand and take it to different countries. And, you know, so there's some people that could even work, um, work remotely overseas, probably if their business model is the right one. So we could continue to even bring this overseas as well and advance the gospel in places that we wouldn't have gotten to as early because we just can't afford to, to send people there. So, And I also, I also, I mean, the other thing is obviously bringing in a new generation of people that might not have had a chance to jump into um, the ministry in in that form. Right. Oh, I'm, I'm a hundred percent behind you. I love what you're doing. I love the way you're thinking. I just go, man, we, we've got to get creative. We've got to be willing to pay the price to, to win the world. I love what John Oakes is doing in, in Merced, California. He moved there. He's a retiree. Yeah. He's a retired professor. He started with like his wife and one intern, you know, or self-supporting basically like a volunteer. They're up over 20. They just had their inaugural service. I don't, I think I, I just got to follow up and see how many they have, but it was a huge beginning, but it all started because he's, he's self-supporting. Now they got a little support from the Pacific Southwest, but not nearly enough to, you know, that, I think he's just banking that, hoping to pay, use that to pay for an intern. But I go, that's the spirit that's going to going to win the world, and nothing can stop what God is doing. So, um, thank thank you so much for what you're doing. I look forward to seeing you at climb, Nate. Please bring as many Thanks, people as possible. It's going to be an amazing, amazing time. Awesome. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks for listening. Here's how you can help support the program. First of all, hit the subscribe button and send a link to your friends. Let your friends know about it. Talk to people about it. That's one of the best ways people hear about the Rob Skinner podcast is just saying, hey, I listened to this episode and you can send them the link or send them the episode. Secondly, read and review one of my books, either How to Plant and Grow a Church or Courage, How to Make This Life Count. You can find both of those on Amazon.com or IPI Books. Finally, support the Rob Skinner podcast with a gift. The link is in the show notes because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, live a no regrets life and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.